Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Tim Corker. I am so excited to have two rad humans join me today for the show, Brent and Kyle Peace. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Brent and Kyle are remarkable humans in their own right, and they both happen to be Ironman triathletes who raced on the Big Island in 2018. I had the sweet privilege, actually, of being a witness to this performance, and What is notable is that they are only the second ever duo to have an able-bodied and disabled body person cross that finish line. And while many others have tried, you follow in the footsteps of the legendary Hoyts. And I can't wait to dig into your experience and what's next and what you're up to and what you're doing for the world. So for all of the triathletes that may listen to this, this will really put things into perspective on just how easy we have it as um, one person uh, on the big island. So where do we begin, team? Let's go back to the beginning. The first triathlon you did together. When was that? Uh, April of 2011 was St. Anthony's uh, in St. Petersburg. Ah, right on. Yeah. And you have gone on and raced, so you were racing for about seven years before you went to the Big Island. Correct. Seven, seven long years, if you ask, if you asked this a couple of years ago. Seven long years. How many Ironmans did you do prior to Kona? We did three prior to Kona. Three prior to Kona. Yeah, we did uh, our first one in 2013, and that is the was caught and followed by another one in 2014 at IMF Florida. Then we did 2017 IMF Boulder. Oh gosh, Boulder's no joke. No, no, it was no. <laughs> Good job, Florida to Boulder. So, Brent, I know that. Um, it might feel like we can relate easier to yourself, but the reality is there's, it's, that's so not true when you are pushing. Well, no, let me not, let me rephrase this. Tell us about what training is like for you when you are bringing Kyle along and then Kyle, let's hear from you about the journey of training. Well, that's the beauty of, and what we love so much about this is that we get to be on that journey together and training is a big part of it. And we learned and decided very early on that this was not going to just be how strong can Brent get to carry a human, but how strong can, can both of us get, you know, mentally and physically. And so we've had some amazing training experiences together and some of the best stories and times that we've had. So, you know, really like 10 or 12 weeks out from a race, we get Kyle really heavily involved at a minimum once a week, but usually two or three times a week, we get together and run or bike. Swimming is typically a little bit harder, but Thankfully, there's still the local tries that we can sign up for almost every other weekend. And, but I, I typically put in, you know, 20 to 25 hours, so not quite what, you know, you might put in as a professional triathlete, but still quite a bit of time. And we just spend an extraordinary amount of time. I mean, almost 50% of my training is on a bike because no matter what, it's, it's still a lot of human and steel that you've got to make before that 5.30 cutoff. And so it, it just takes a lot of effort to make sure that we can physically handle the, that ask. 
Right. Other than training with Kyle, do you do anything to adapt your training to take into account the additional load on race day? I would say maybe a more focused strength program than, than kind of your average age group triathlete, but you know, more so it's like just a lot of over distance, you know, so a lot of, you know, 120 plus mile bike rides. I think one year, I, as we were talking about Haley, I got to knock out 150 with her. So, you know, a lot of stuff that'll keep me in the saddle for eight plus hours because that's how much time we end up spending on the bike together. So more so that I, I really think the biggest, you know, secret for both of us is just that we're incredibly consistent. I mean, I don't know that we could have done Kona seven years ago. In fact, I know we couldn't have. And I realize now that, you know, constantly training together, both of us for really the better part of five years, as we prep for these Ironman events, you know, really taught us, you know, what was required of both of us. So, you know, it's not anything crazy or over the top, but um, certainly more than, you know, the, the average nine to five triathlete. I would just like to acknowledge both of you that, I mean, Brent, 20 to 25 hours a week of any form of physical activity is enormous and (laughs) overriding so that you can, you know, then bring your bro along is incredible. And it, it's not lost on me that it's also a journey for you, Kyle. And so tell me about the training and your experience training in those 12 weeks leading up to a race. Think about really fast, first of all. And it, it's amazing to be out there with Brett and to, you know, get out the kick to make sure that, you know, my body feels good, especially in the bike, because that's the greatest equalizer. And with all my spasms and my cerebral palsy, um, I have to make sure that everything is spot on for a race day. So just being out there and being on the bike with Brett and getting used to the element and getting used to the way my body feels and can I eat, you know, can I, am I okay to eat on the, on the bike and, you know, just being able to communicate first. The best part is training because it's a, it's a process. We all have our own unique processes and I get to love it. I love the practice. I love to get out there and coach play and give him encouragement and just just be out there and get you ready for the big day. He knows exactly what our walks are supposed to be at. Don't let him fool you. He he pays attention to every little detail. <laughs> I think that you might have it harder. You have a coach that's literally sitting there the whole time telling you where you should be at. So our coach was obviously in Hawaii to witness it. And he said that he's haunted by some of the things Kyle was saying to me out on the Queen K to try and get <laughs> us in before, uh, before it was uh, midnight. Wow. That's incredible. Now, Kyle, you so nailed it. I mean, the magic of the um, experience doing it with anyone is special, but to be able to do it with your brother must, must also be very special. Um, I want to know the kinds of things that you're thinking about or telling Brent out on these, you know, be it training rides or, or race day, what goes through your head and what do you want to communicate to your brother? Uh, that's a great question. And I love that question. I think I really try to stay positive. Mm. Um, and really try to focus on each spring. And get, you know, 
give a good word, like, come on, bud, or, you know, you know, we'll take it slow, go up the tail, or we could do it. I think I, I quote a lot of books. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite books going up was The Little Aki That Could. Mm. Um, so I really, well, guitar, I think I can, I think I can, I think we can, mm. I think you can. And then, you know, spontaneous conversation that, like, we were on the bike ride and Brett was like, well, why do you love me? And I'm like, wow, like, that's a really, that's a really intense question mm. to, to while you're in the middle of the war, you can't be a kid. But, you know, those are the things that bring us closer together. Mm. And those are the things that make our team that much stronger. So I really, I really try to manage our day by, you know, just passing good words. And um, because when I do that, that helps me as well. Mm. Um, so when I get into a dark place, then I can say it to the both of us to, to get us over the, over the threshold. <laughs> Amazing. So you have raced together for several years, crossing many finish lines. And at some point along this journey together, you decided to make it about more than yourselves. And you started the Kyle Peace Foundation. You were sharing with me just before we hit record that you supported 84 individuals across 500 finish lines. Is that right? Mm-hmm. which is incredible and enormous. And I want to know when the foundation began and what your hope for it is. I love telling this and we don't often get to share it, but when we finished that first triathlon at St. Anthony's, you know, that's such a long finishing shoot. And everybody had kind of told Kyle leading up to it, you know, really soak that in. And it's such a big race. There's 4,000 age groupers that it's a really packed finish line. And so Kyle screamed for, a couple hundred yards rolling down that finish line and it was just an incredible experience and almost immediately i mean before we had even gotten out of florida kyle said i want other people to experience this with us hmm. and thankfully we knew some really smart attorneys that helped us set up a 501c3 and within two months of finishing our first race we had a nonprofit foundation now we didn't know anybody to help or we thought we knew everybody and it, it took us a lot longer to to really build up the organization to truly serve but the idea was born almost alongside that first finish line wow very cool so kyle this is your brainchild yeah so cool now i also think it's notable to make mention that you do you work during the day kyle yeah so i work at a local hospital here in Atlanta, and i work at i work 40 hours a week um, oh my gosh. You know, 80 hours a week and then with the foundation and I manage all my caregivers that provide care for me. It's about 95 to 100 hours every two weeks. That's incredible. I think there is something to be said for the selflessness that says, I want to help others experience something that I have experienced. And the vision, the future, where are you headed? You've written a book, you've raced Kona, you're running a nonprofit. What's, what's next for the two of you? So that's a great question because before Kona, that was the easy question, but now it's a little bit more challenging. But the next thing for the two of us, is uh, we qualify for the Boston Marathon. Mm. Um, so we'll be in Boston this April. 
but the focus is always on the foundation. Yeah, I think it's it's how do we increase the the ways that we can impact, you know, young people and adults with disabilities because you know, we're we're just now beginning to scratch the surface of, you know, a, a finish line is not the end of this process or this journey for them. And it doesn't mean that they have to go do four Ironmans or they have to do Boston or do anything. But it, it does show them the things that we all learn from the from sport and the confidence that you can gain and the way that your self-esteem can grow. And you know, that's what we want to do. With the Kona experience, we we're actually able to hire two people with disabilities to come work for the Kyle P Foundation. And that, you know, is a really incredible thing that you can do with that platform. So we, we really want to figure out how to increase the bandwidth and how to do, you know, more than just show people what a finish line looks like, but but help them see what's what's beyond that. It's funny that you bring that up, Steph, because on my way from work over here, I was talking to somebody and they asked me that they question about how the how the foundation has been incorporated into our family. It's amazing that we have so many people, you know, that that love us and they look up to us and and we look up to them and it's just amazing to see all these athletes that together were able to give them I said of hope mm. that when they're out there on the race course that they can be the athlete and mm. their parents can be the soccer mom or the <laughs> soccer dad and that they can forget about whatever challenges they're going through and they get to be the athlete. And that's one of the coolest things about KTF that we do. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, there's so much that goes beyond sport. And I think you said that. And while we may be tri geeks that, you know, love the sport of triathlon and we love running, I always say that the lessons that we learn in sport transcend finish lines. And, you know, you were sharing that you've seen people not make the finish line. And, you know, to make the start line can be a feat in and of itself. And, and the finish line is never guaranteed. And that, that is, you know, why sage words of life. <laughs> we don't know the finish lines that we may or may not meet along the way. And Brent, I guess, especially for you, I'm curious how this has impacted your life beyond sport. Oh, I mean, it's, um, it's just had a profound impact. I think it's, it brought me to my wife and it's, you know, made me, think about the ways that I want to parent my children and the ways that I want to be a brother to Kyle and our brother Evan. And it's given me so much more than what I've been able to give back to it. It's, it's changed my life, truly. Now, can I ask the personal questions? How old are you both? Brett uh, will be 37 in two days. <laughs> I will be, and me and Evan, my twin brother, will be 35. I'm on the 19th of February. You're turning 35 and you have a twin brother. Yes. I missed that part of the story. Yeah. Right on. And now you are a quadriplegic, is that correct? Yes, I have a cerebral palsy. And was this something that you were born with? Correct. <sighs> so from the beginning, this is the life you have known? Yes. Incredible. You wrote a book. Who wrote the book? Together? Together. 
and we had another co-author write it with us. Amazing. We will include both details on the foundation and on the book in the show notes. And I think, I mean, you can go onto the foundation site and learn so much. You will learn about where to find you and how you've inspired so many people. There is no shortage in every day and every mile that you have completed that is inspiring. And I, other than the Boston Marathon and other than growing the foundation, of course, I am curious about the goals that you have for 2020. What are you both, what are you both into? What are you up for? To get to be open to anything and mm. uh, to know that, you know, with our foundation that we are helping people grow and helping them to see what is possible. Mm. Not only on the race course, but beyond the finish. It gets to, to show that when you put your mind to something, you can't keep it. Mm. No matter of your abilities or disabilities. Mm. That when you focus on achieving something, you can. For me personally, I would love to do a race overseas. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so you have a need to take it. I'm open to <laughs> To any ideas, um, but I think it's um, I just want to keep doing what we're doing because um, we're more including towards sport. Amazing, Brent. What about you? You know, I'd, when we were in the throes of trying to get into Hawaii for really for the better part of six and a half years, I think we always felt like we were in the Ironman, we were in that marathon, you know, struggling our way through it. And I think now we're actually finally in that marathon and, and you know, and triathletes know that, you know, what that, what that feels like at the end of an Ironman as you start on that. And it's sometimes you get caught up in trying to figure out what the end looks like instead of appreciating where you are. Mm. And that's been my goal for this year is to just really appreciate where I am and, and what I have and, you know, spend time with my family and, and my kids and enjoy when I get to go out and train with my brother and just appreciate all of these things that we've been able to create and share together and with so many others. And so just, just being able to enjoy the journey that we're on and maybe not thinking too far about it or even worrying too much about what the next finish line is even going to be. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I always say that we spend so long worried about a 12-week build, and why don't we just worry about the next 12 hours? Yeah. <laughs> My coach always said to worry about the, you know, worry about nine seconds at a time, the three seconds you just finished, the three seconds you're in, and the three seconds you're about to start. Hmm. And I just, I love thinking about it like that. And it was such a great apt description of, you know, you, you can think a little bit about where you come from, and, and I'll always enjoy that finish line of Kona. It was one of the greatest athletic achievements I've ever witnessed. And I watched all day long as Kyle did that. And now I'm enjoying the, the three seconds I'm in with my brother and my children and the three seconds that are coming. I hope that Kyle and I can enjoy those too. I think that's a great analogy. And I think that, you know, for me, I focus on this second. And if I get three seconds, in that three seconds, that's a gift. In mm. the past three seconds, I hope that I made a difference in somebody's life. 
Gosh. So that's my three seconds, right? Yeah. Right there. So. Right on. Totally. Well, I need to plant the seed that Challenge Roth in Roth, Germany is arguably even more exciting than Kona. And if you need to go overseas, Roth might need to be on the calendar this year. Yeah, we keep hearing that. All right. So three seconds at a time. These are very, I mean, it's sage. It's wonderful. And I hope you don't mind me asking this. And if you do, you can tell me because I think this is how we learn. I don't have the privilege of training or interacting with many disabled people in my day-to-day life. And I would love to know from both of you, we'll start with Kyle. Kyle, what is your advice for us able-bodied athletes that are out there training and what perspective could we learn or see through your eyes that we might be missing out on? Joy, because you never know when it's going to be taken away. Hmm. Um, it just, Enjoy the, the second that you're in mm. and uh, it go for it. <laughs> uh, it's it to stop you. I love it. And Brent, what about you? I think inclusion and diversity can mean a lot to everybody. But if you just, you know, look at Kyle through the same lens that you would look at anybody mm. and, you know, asking Kyle or, you know, we have a lot of nonverbal families and asking, you know, their caregivers you start to learn. We, one of our first athletes was a traumatic brain injury victim and his mother would always tell us, just look at his eyes. You can always see all his life right there. And I think, you know, to gain perspective of, you know, who Kyle is as a human, you just have to talk to him. And it's almost, you know, perfect that you didn't, that we didn't do this with video because you're sitting here listening to Kyle and you're thinking of him as an athlete and a human and a hardworking guy who, spends his hours at a hospital and then goes home and helps other people with disabilities. And that's the way that you should look at them. And you'll gain so much perspective as you put your pedals onto the bike or as you go out running, thinking about where Kyle would be if he were with you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. We can go on and we always can. And I hope this isn't the end and goodness, I hope I get to see you at another race maybe this year, maybe this year. And if not, know that we are cheering for you enormously. We are ridiculously inspired by what you're doing every day from foundation work to just getting out of bed and going for it yourselves. And this conversation has just reminded me that we really have an opportunity to get out of our own way and do what we can every day. And, and may that be more than enough because look at where it's gotten you. It's amazing. So we wrap the last question. I'd love you both to answer is what is currently making your heartbeat faster? Thinking about the end of my day. So my, my kids, when they, my wife usually picks them up and I can hear them rapping on the, the door. And that just reminds me of, you know, what's important. Mm. And then of course, when I, when I get to go over and see that it, it, makes me think of, you know, they're not worried about what finish line I'm crossing. They're just worried about, you know, where I am. And mm. that, that makes it skip a few beats for me. Amazing. Uncle, uh, Kyle, what about you? <laughs> the opportunity that we're in right now, that we have a gift that we get to share that gift with other people that are, that get to be involved mm. in something that we love. Hmm. And that's something that will never get old. 
So great. Well, with that, we wrap. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and all of your heartbeats and all the best, really and truly. May the next three seconds and 2020 be the best year yet. Thanks, Stephanie.